Welcome to the Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School. I'm Minister Cedric Harden and I'll be sharing Lesson 9 for April the 30th, 2023. We begin a new unit today, Unit 3, entitled The Birth of the Church. And our topic for today, taken from the Adult Quarterly, is Hope and Power. Our devotion reading is taken from Psalm 24. Our background scripture is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And we will be studying today from the book of Acts, chapter 1, um, verses 1 through 11. Our key verse reads, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. As taken from Acts, chapter 1, verse 8a from the NIV translation. Our lesson aims today, number one, is to identify with the disciples' sense of hopelessness at Jesus' ascension. Secondly, to trust the empowerment and work of the Holy Spirit within and among them. And then thirdly, to wait with hope and share the good news of Jesus' promised return. We have three outlines today that will be a part of our lesson. The first outline is entitled, Passing the Torch. Our second outline is entitled Power for Ministry. And then our third outline is, is entitled Hope for the Future. We certainly thank and praise God for uh, this opportunity to be able to share his word with you through our Sunday School uh, format. We thank and praise God that we were uh, just a few weeks ago um, celebrating and commemorating uh, Resurrection Sunday. We want to keep that in our view as we look at uh, post-resurrection activity uh, from the book of Acts chapter 1 verses uh, 1 through 11. And as always we encourage you to get your Bible and uh, be prepared to take some notes. Uh, there is a lot here uh, in these 11 verses from the first chapter of the book of Acts but we will make some points um, that I believe is, is relevant uh, for our understanding um, as we go forward as a church, as individuals, uh, and exactly what does the Lord um, require or command for us to be engaged in even now. So I want to read a little bit of the biblical context that's offered in our adult quarterly. Um, and then we'll move on to our outlines. But the uncontested author of the book of Acts is Luke, the physician and companion of Paul's. Acts is the companion account to the Gospel of Luke, is addressed to the same person, Theophilus, and continues where his Gospel account ended. Luke's purpose for writing this two-volume work is stated in of the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 verse 3 and the book of Acts covers the first three decades of the early church after the resurrection of Christ. Luke objectively details the early church's success uh, and her challenges. Thematically uh, Acts focuses on the Apostles preaching uh, regarding the resurrected Savior and the Holy Spirit's ministry of empowering guiding, protecting, and encouraging Jesus' followers to witness for him 
boldly and we're going to stop right there and so we want to look at this uh, particular passage of scripture uh, and I would just say this to you it's all about instructions right it's all about the instructions uh, that Jesus is laying out for his disciples keep in mind this is uh, post-resurrection activity uh, where the Lord has made appearances right uh, over a period of 40 days um, convicting teaching training uh, proving if you will that he rose from the dead uh, and we we want to remember that because Jesus was crucified and because he died uh, many uh, I'm sure in that day uh, thought that uh, not only was Jesus life uh, over or ended uh, but that the ministry uh, had also ended the teachings uh, um, sort of the the influence that Jesus had would also die uh, but when we come to the book of Acts and we see that that Jesus after he rose from the dead continued right uh, uh, for some 40 days uh, essentially doing the same things that he was doing uh, prior to his crucifixion uh, but one of the things that we want to focus on today that when Jesus rose from the dead we should be clear about the fact that there were some things that the disciples the apostles if you will the witnesses of the account of, uh, of Jesus uh, activity in his life uh, was not finished right there were some things there were some teachings that that the disciples needed and so uh, uh, Jesus after his resurrection uh, gets right back to work if you will and in preparation uh, uh, for and with his disciples whom he would uh, essentially leave uh, um, upon his ascension back to heaven but you can imagine uh, if when you expect someone or you re uh, require that someone continue or perform a particular matter um, uh, especially in the church you would hope and pray that they have received instructions from the Lord as to their uh, 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 engagement in ministry we would also hope that that we have uh, uh, in our possession uh, revealed truths uh, we would expect that th those individuals would also be equipped uh, educationally and also spiritually uh, we'll share some scripture to support these things uh, 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 but you would also expect the individual who is coming to proclaim Jesus Christ to have been victorious um, over sin uh, over the world if you will and again we'll share scripture to support these things I'm laying a foundation uh, uh, for us today because this is where the the, the lesson is leading us this is uh, my comments follow the same tone uh, that 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 uh, that mimics uh, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, and not only uh, uh, preparation, but 
what to look for right in those who say that they are of and from Christ all right so let's get to our first outline entitled passing the torch this is taken from the book of Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 and I want to read this from the NIV translation the Bible says in my former book Theophilus I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen verse 3 after his suffering he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs uh, that he was alive and he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God so Luke here ties together both of his volumes of writing uh, he ties together uh, two particular uh, um, uh, 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 reference points if you will or how he began looking at or investigating the life of Christ uh, and he followed his teachings if you follow the Gospel of Luke he followed it uh, uh, what he was able to determine uh, all the way up until the time that he was taken up into heaven and so uh, uh, Luke says he is not uh, one of the original 12 or the Apostles uh, but he simply does a comprehensive investigation of the life of Jesus Christ going back and speaking to eyewitnesses and gather you can imagine being an investigator uh, uh, in this type uh, that it was important that he present facts it was important that he get as much accurate information as he could and then pin that information for uh, uh, the person named Theophilus who we don't know much about there's some uh, uh, discussion about who he is and what his name means in terms of uh, uh, being a friend to God and or a friend of God and but we just don't have enough information but uh, uh, that being said Luke is preparing statements and documentation uh, uh, and intending to deliver it to someone and why is that relevant right why why is uh, Luke saying these things why is it important that we have facts why is it important that we that we do our best in, in, in our due diligence if you will as we think about and we uh, uh, do our exegetical work of the of the life of Christ it's important that we present facts so in present day what I would share with you in terms of understanding what this means is just let the Bible speak for itself right that would be the equivalent uh, uh, we can't go back because of obviously we're uh, of the time uh, uh, frame that we can't go back and and talk to the people of, uh, of Jesus day because they're gone but what we can do today is let the Bible speak for the Bible and then that fashion and in that way uh, we can present facts right we can let the Bible speak for itself right and so that is what uh, we want to take away from these verses here uh, but the book of Acts opens with the transition of the responsibility for preaching and teaching to the Apostle right so Luke looks back to his gospel the first account 
composed for Theophilus. Uh, Luke's first account was concerned with Jesus' earthly ministry, uh, his life and ministry until his ascension. Uh, Luke emphasizes that Jesus' preparation uh, uh, of his disciples was by precept, in other words, by command and example. So although his ministry included miraculous works, that address people's physical and spiritual needs. Jesus devoted quality time, watch this, to instructing his chosen apostles. Jesus was the living example of all uh, he taught them. His model of teaching uh, is critical for the faith community even now. So to continue Jesus' ministry, uh, uh, and I underline this here requires both knowing what to do and doing it to reach the loss effective right so we need to know what to do right uh, when we do ministry what does that mean uh, 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 where are we getting our information from how uh, do we do ministry do we do uh, uh, things that we think is best how we feel uh, may be more popular or, or do we listen and are we guided by the Holy Spirit as to what to do that is very important in a culture now where we see a lot of, uh, of activity and even uh, uh, the rejecting of, of the gospel and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, we see sin on the rise we see death on the rise we see destruction on the rise we see men not wanting to be or committing themselves uh, 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 to the life of Jesus Christ we see compromise in the church we see compromise in the message so the question is what do we do right what do we do and how do we uh, uh, navigate in a culture that has all of these deterrents uh, and, and not only that we have our own personal struggles right we have our own personal issues if you will we have our own personal liabilities and we need to know uh, uh, what to do uh, and then Whatever we do should have the lost or those who are unsaved in mind, right? That's very important because uh, 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 for, for the sake of argument, we are saved, right? Uh, 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 we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but is that enough, right? Is that enough? Are we doing something about the things, the negative uh, 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 characteristics or attributes of society or, or as a church as the people of God as the ministry that has been committed to us by Jesus Christ what are we doing about these things right and then how do we do it right but after the resurrection Jesus continued teaching and relying on the Holy Spirit to empower his commands to the apostles to obey and equip them for ministry we need to talk more about the role of the Holy Spirit and why is it relevant for us to have the Holy Spirit why do we need to be empowered we're going to talk about that and we're going to share some scripture with you today uh, to help you to understand that uh, 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 being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a is not supposed to be just a fashion statement, if you will, 
right? But it's supposed to be a, a basis of guiding principle for us for ministry and to be able to be effective. Why do we need the Holy Spirit if we have all of our credentials and we have all of our uh, uh, resources in place? Why do we need the Holy Spirit is a relevant question, right? So we need to think about these things and we'll see going forward uh, that Jesus taught about the role of the Holy Spirit, right? He taught about these principles. So if the apostles were going to continue uh, uh, Jesus' mission confidently, they had to be thoroughly convinced that Jesus overcame death. I underline that because we need to have assurances. Obviously, we didn't see the activity, right? We didn't see the crucifixion. We didn't see the resurrection. But how do we know that he rose from the dead? What information do you have, right? And where are you looking for that information? I, I would just say this to you. Look in the mirror. Because you and the changes and the 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 a uh, uh, transformation, if you will, in your life should tell you that he's risen from the dead. The fact that the things, we used to sing this song years ago, the things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. There's been a great change in my life. These are practical things that we can see. We're not the same, right? We've been born again. We have new attitude and new ideas and, 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 and we have been equipped. And so the things that 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 uh, 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 that we used to enjoy in terms of, of of the lust of the flesh, we now see them as temptations, right? And we are able to live victorious lives in the same face of a of a of a sin sick world. We're in the same neighborhoods. Many of us we 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 pass by the places where we used to hang out. There's been a change in our lives. The things that we used to do, we don't do anymore. And so because of the Holy Spirit's indwelling in us, we are able to see a, a proof, if you will, of a resurrected Savior. We are we are moving toward becoming better at obeying the Lord when we did not do that before. So we have to look at ourselves as a, as as well as the gospel, because there should be changes in our lives that mimic a resurrection. If this is a bit off the cuff, but when we when we seek to be baptized, what does that represent? It doesn't save us, but what does it demonstrate to the world? It's a public display, right? It's an outward showing of an inward change. We are dead. We are buried uh, uh, in, in, in baptism, in water, if you will, putting to death the old nature. And when we come up, right, that's, that mimics a resurrection, or a new life but it is it is a symbol right it is a symbol and we intend to do that publicly to let the public know that that this outward uh, 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 event if you will represents an inward change and this is how we know right this is the reference so I, I, I just want us to understand here what uh, why Jesus, and, and you can imagine, uh, they were actually there, 
right? These apostles actually were able to witness uh, the resurrection. They saw Jesus for a period of 40 days. They witnessed his teachings, right? But we cannot enjoy that, that event. But we can certainly see now. And you can imagine that in this setting here, we have to believe and know that the apostles are not the same. Right? They are not the same since they have experienced the resurrection. They saw the crucifixion and now they're witnesses. So they have changed. There's been a great change in their lives from the crucifixion to the resurrection. Hope that makes sense for you today. All right. So I want to move a little bit further just to talk about the expectations uh, that Jesus has for his apostles at this time. They must, watch this, effectively teach the message, live it, and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit for direction, discernment, and wisdom. You might want to jot these down uh, as, as activity. Uh, uh, things that you might even want to have in your arsenal when you go in your prayer closet. So you can ask God in prayer for direction, right? You want to know that. Lord, what should I do? And we can do this individually and we can do this corporately. We can also, since, since this is the expectation, not just for the apostles then, for us, uh, 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 but for us today, we need discernment. We need to, the ability to know the difference. The difference between what? Good and evil. We need to be able to distinguish the voice of the Holy Spirit or the voice of Jesus Christ. And we need to be able to discern, know the voice of the devil. Things that are counter to the word of God. Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, when you, when you have time look at those two uh, chapters uh, and compare them and see uh, how Jesus handled Satan. You might say, Reverend, why do I need to know the voice of the devil? Because everything we hear is not of God. Watch this. Every person that we hear does not necessarily mean God sent them. And we have to be armed with the word of God so we can know the difference. Because the devil quotes scripture. Hope this is making sense. And then we need wisdom. I would give you James chapter 3 because he talks about two different types of wisdom. And the wisdom in this context, yes, we need wisdom uh, 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 in the world, intellect, if you will, intelligence. But most importantly, we need the wisdom that comes from above. And James chapter 3 will help you um, or give you some insight and definition for both types of wisdom, right? Both types. So the question here is, why should Christian education be the faith community's focal ministry? And I think we've gone through enough of this for us to understand it is the bedrock of who we are. We need to be knowledgeable, right? To show thyself an approved workman unto God that need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, we want to cut straight lines with scripture. We want to let the Bible, as I said earlier, 
speak for itself right we don't want to add we don't want to take away we just want to know what the Bible says and we want to preach the Bible we want to teach the Bible and let the people uh, make a decision right based on the facts that the Bible declares is relevant for them to be saved and to obtain the right relationship with Jesus Christ we also need education to help us understand as we talked about these three principles here right education gives us proper education gives us direction it can provide discernment for us and it can add some wisdom right how does God want us to handle things right so I hope we've said enough about that to give you uh, at least some starting points our second outline is power for ministry this is taken from Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 8 and again from the NIV uh, translation Bible says on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard uh, me speak about verse 5 for John baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit verse 6 then they gathered around him and asked him Lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel verse 7 he said to them it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth so we have a lot to unpack here again this is post resurrection activity this is post resurrection teachings right and so but the enthusiasm about uh, beginning a task is not enough to ensure success I thought that was an interesting statement just because you are excited about a particular task or ministry endeavor is not enough in other words just because you have good intentions does not necessarily ensure that it will be successful especially in the spiritual realm I took particular note of this and I want to give you Ephesians chapter 1 and I hope that you will read all of that uh, because we are in a spiritual realm right when we were born again we were translated if you will uh, uh, supernaturally into a realm that uh, we didn't know before why is that relevant and so when we talk about the battle between or the struggle which Ephesians chapter 1 will talk about uh, there is a struggle between good and evil right that's spiritual right we sense this uh, adversity at least two two particular times in our lives we see it active when it's time for us to read the Word of God and we see such adversity when it's time for us to pray right these two particular um, uh, areas of our lives should help us understand the realm that we're in right why are we uh, prevented or distracted 
why is it always uh, some adversity when it's time for me to read the Word of God right why is there so much adversity when it's time for me to talk to God right why is it so much activity when it's time for me to live for God why am I tempted this is the realm being realized should be realized by us and so we need to be effective right not just for the natural things of ministry or our task but we need to be spiritually equipped right many times and this is a bit uh, uh, broader but many times we listen to the things the adversity the negative things even of Satan himself when do we rebuke him that we have, we have been given that authority to do from second Timothy second uh, Timothy chapter 3 when do we reprimand the devil right so we have to be mindful of these particular uh, uh, things that Jesus is teaching here and this is something that the Holy Spirit will continue to live for you in your life in your life and so again I gave you Luke chapter 4 and also gave you Matthew chapter 4 so we can imagine the apostles newly established confidence but Jesus knew they needed a power source outside themselves to accomplish the task ahead of them and that's because of that realm right that we're in we need power the power of the Holy Ghost working in us and working on our behalf so ministry and our effectiveness can be to the glory of God right and so it's important that we see here Jesus gave a command in verse 4 do not leave home do not leave Jerusalem but wait Lord how long should I wait right wait to until you have received the promise of the Holy Spirit in other words don't get ahead of God right many times we want to do things and and we'll see that play out uh, 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 in real time in the, in the passage here but many times and, and, and this includes me many times in our own strength in our grownness if you will right that we believe we can accomplish whatever just because of who we are and what we have and, and our good ideas it's gonna work but is this what the Lord wants us to do is the question Jesus said don't leave don't get ahead of God don't move stay at home stay grounded until you have what you need to be commissioned and then, you know, when we talk about evangelism and we talk about ministry uh, uh, and we talk about all of these different things that 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 uh, lend to us going out, if you will, and and and, and sharing uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's always good to do that. But the, the, the necessary uh, prerequisite is that you be prepared to do that. 
because you're going to run up against people who don't believe what you believe. You're going to run up against opposition. And you'll see this in the early church, right? You'll see this play out in the book of Acts throughout. They had opposition. The early church, they celebrated their early success. God added to their numbers. Uh, every, you know, They had fruitful days, but they also had opposition, right? And so we need to be prepared not just for success, but we need to be prepared for opposition. And that's where the Holy Spirit can come in and guide us and give us, give us instructions, not just what to do and how to do, but when to do, right? So there's a time-sensitive factor in this passage here that we want to make particular mention of. And so Jesus says in verse 5, uh, John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? And so look at the question they ask, right? This is a fair question, verse 6. They said, Lord, is it at this time uh, that you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And look at verse 7. Jesus responded, not to rebuke them, right? Not saying you shouldn't have asked me that, but he said it's not for you to know. Mind your business, if you will. It's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority. But this is what you need to be paying attention to. And I'm just paraphrasing what Jesus is saying here in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses at home in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So if you if you think about God has a geographical plan for our lives, many times we have to become itinerant people. We have to go on the move. We have, you know, we think about evangelism. We think about always going to other places, but it starts at home. It starts where we live. It starts among our family members. Don't leave them out. Right? It starts witnessing to those of our ranks in our communities, right? On our jobs, right? And then God when he's ready, Acts chapter thirteen, the Spirit of the Lord just reminded me, read that when you have some time, begin at verse one, right? But when we have satisfied, if you will, the requirements of God, then we can be moved. God will move us. God will provide, right? But follow instructions. That's the main thing, right? Evangelism is not supposed to be proclaiming the good news of Christ. Is where is going where you think you should go, or going where you want to go, or going where it's comfortable for you to go. Talking to people you think you should talk to, right? We don't use the Holy Spirit as our ally in this area. Sometimes we have to ask God, Lord, when do you want me to do this? And how do you want me to do this? And what do you want me to say to the individual? When do you want me to say, you know, different things? We have to use God in that fashion, allow these instructions to take place because if we know anything about God, the songwriter rightly says, He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. So he works and moves in his own time. 
not just in events but in the lives of people you got saved and I got saved in God's time you can put a date on it that's fine but God knew the day you were delivered you were set free you were healed on such and such a day but God knew that time was going to come right you found out after the fact but God knew you would be saved March the 13th at 12 a.m. 1965 right God knew and so we have to realize that he has his own time set for restoration so but I kept reading here no one it however it says here however it is to all believers because no one can fulfill his purposes without the Holy Spirit his Holy Spirit's ministry in their lives the believers responsibility is to pray so I said to you earlier right pray for and yield to his feeling to serve to live to use uh, their spiritual gifts and glorify him right so I want to give you, um, when you have time, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, start at verse 1. I also want to give you 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. 2 Corinthians, right? I want to look there very quickly uh, as we think about... Um, the issue that Paul had in his life um, with the thorn that we uh, we have heard many messages about and I want to give you that um, because there are times when God is doing things in our lives that we are not able to um, adequately determine uh, what God is doing uh, in our lives but I want you to look at Second um, Corinthians chapter twelve, uh, verses seven through twelve, right? Just for some reference, talks about my grace is sufficient for thee. God knows, right? God knows how to use circumstances in our lives for His glory. God knows how to create, and I believe Paul learn this in this passage God creates dependency upon him that's what I was reading to you earlier God is saying to us through Jesus Christ that uh, as we read no believer no one can fulfill God's purposes without the Holy Spirit's ministry in their lives so what does that mean we are utterly dependent on God right? so the Holy Spirit's power would enable them to be his witnesses beginning in Jerusalem and expanding into the world previously they were eyewitnesses of his life and teachings and now they would be empowered to witness about them I want to give you first the first epistle of John chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 just for some context so 
what are some specific things that distract the faith community from its primary purpose? So I, I, I was thinking about the cares of this life, and, and I want you to look at Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 7. Because many times we, we get distracted uh, with things that, uh, uh, and, and there are some uh, beautiful things in life, uh, but the, the disciples, the messengers of God, we cannot be distracted from the fact that Jesus died for all men to be saved, right, and come to the knowledge of the truth. And our role in that activity is to never forget that. We should not be comfortable watching people die and not be saved. We should not be comfortable, right, in this life, seeing all of the negative things and not being able to put our hands to the wheel to affect change in the lives of God's people. You can see as well as I can that the world is hungry. Hungry for the living bread. Right? And we have to uh, approach them in God's fashion through the power of the Holy Spirit if we want to affect change. Right? We know people that are not saved. And we should not be comfortable doing nothing about that, right? So the cares of this life is something you'll see in Second Timothy chapter two, verses one through seven. Our last outline: hope for the future. Acts chapter one, verses nine through eleven. Again, from the NIV translation: After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Verse ten: They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going and suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them verse 11 men of Galilee they said why do you stand here looking into the sky this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven so again why are you standing here looking when you have work to do why are you standing here looking when you have been given instructions? Why are you standing here looking when there's a message in you that belongs to other people? Why are you standing here looking when the Lord has already said he's coming back? And the central question for all humanity, every man, every woman, every child will have to answer that question. Are you ready to receive him? And the answer is no. We are not ready for the Lord to return. We are not ready because there are people who will not make it in. There are people who won't be saved. So no. Right? So we, we, we don't have time, if you will, to waste time. We need to be intentional about sharing our faith. People ought to know who you are. Your very lives are witnesses that you have been with Jesus Christ. We are not like Peter 
who said, no, I wasn't with him. We have been with him. We are with him. And people need to know that we are with him. And if he did it for you, he can do it for them. Our lives have to speak to the possibility of salvation. If we are living hopeless lives, right, we are adding that to a hopeless world. But if we are living victorious lives, right, and then we are able to answer the question when people ask us, what must I do to be saved? And you can be like Peter in Acts chapter 2, right? Repent, right? And be baptized. And you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Repent of your sins is the message for a fallen world. Turn, become godly sorry for your sins and cry out unto the Lord that you might be saved. Then you could talk about Romans chapter 10. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. You could say that to them. You could tell the world that. That God will not even disappoint them. You could tell them to, you know, that time tomorrow is not promised to any man. You could say to them, the day you hear my voice, saith the Lord, harden not your heart. I'm arming you with things that you could say. These are things that are in me that I could say to them. And not only that, this is how I live. And this is how we have to live. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this lesson today. Father, one thing I have learned in this lesson today is that I'm responsible and accountable for not just what I say, but how I live. You are expecting your disciples to follow these instructions. You are expecting us to use the, uh, the equipment, the tools that you have given us to affect change in other men's lives. Father, and I just pray that as those who would listen, that you would quicken them even in their spirit and give them another measure of the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Help us, O oh God, and teach us. Give us ears to hear so we can listen and learn what you would have us to do, how you would want us to do these things, and when you would want us to do these things among the people that you desire us to witness to. We need these instructions. Father, we ask your forgiveness of our failure to do such. Please forgive us for not even sharing the good news with our family members, with our loved ones, with our co-workers, with our friends, and even with our enemies. Forgive us of this act and lack of confidence. Quicken us in the mighty name of Jesus and help us to be good stewards, not just for the message that you've given us, but for the time that you wake us up every day.
that we don't waste time believing we have more time when only you know when you will restore fully restore things to the order that you have laid out in scripture we give you the glory today we give you the honor today we give you the praise today we will be looking to see your response in our hearing in our hearts in our minds and in our activity in Jesus name we pray Amen. God bless you, saints. Just know that I love you. I was excited to be able to share this with you today. It was helpful for me to look at uh, my inactivity, um, where I have fallen short, and asking God to help me with myself that I might be better amongst his people. So to God be the glory in all the things that he has done. And until such time that the law will permit us to come together again, we say God bless you.